0: how I went from selling $500 websites right up to 50k plus sites. It's time to learn from my mistakes. Hey, I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host of the top 100 B2B marketing podcast, business growth show. And if you haven't yet, Check out my weekly email where I'm sharing actual website and marketing tips, useful podcasts, goodies, resources, and more each and every Monday, kicking off your week with a bang. Why not give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. Time for a quick story. So when I first started selling websites and digital marketing strategies some time ago, we initially wanted to sell to almost everyone and anyone. And to be honest, when you're first in business, it's not always the worst thing. But it does get stressful and it does get quite painful. So initially, we pick up businesses from referrals, from utilizing our existing network, maybe friends, maybe family, maybe on LinkedIn, maybe someone SEO, all sorts of different ways to get these clients. But a lot of them were very, very small businesses. They didn't have much money to spend on a website. And what we found is that we'd actually get really, really stressed out with building the projects because quite often we found the cheapest projects were actually the hardest work. Clients wanted a lot of revisions, so end up taking way more time than the actual cash flow was worth it. But we needed it to start off with to actually get cash running in the business, get cash flow up. We also wanted to collect testimonials, reviews and case studies so we could actually have that social proof, actually give other prospective customers confidence in what we do. So this carried on for some time. And as I mentioned, we were taking on all kinds of different clients, mainly small businesses that necessarily didn't have too much to invest in their site. But we were collecting testimonials and we were getting some cash flow until we got to the point where we realized we needed to change who we marketed to who we were trying to attract as clients, customers to our business. So this is the first recommendation. Now, in our case, we realized that the companies that we did the best work for when it came to websites, when it came to SEO, were typically B2B companies. They had a decent sized sales force and they appreciated that when done right, their website was their best salesperson to generate a steady flow of leads, inbound inquiries for their sales team to follow up and do demos, do consults with whatever their process is and get closed revenue with. So we started doubling down on that in terms of how we marketed. So in terms of the LinkedIn content that I put out each day, In terms of this podcast, business growth show, in terms of where we position our ads, in terms of our SEO strategy. So making sure we're focusing on ideal clients. So B2B businesses that have got a sales team that want to ramp up leads through their website with SEO or they want to turn their website into their best sales rep. And then looking at who actually typically buys these things. So in our case, it might be marketing directors, chief marketing officers or similar. So think about that for your business, really. So who are some of the best clients that you've got already that you really enjoy working with that you can provide great value to making sure you give a service that actually drives real tangible business results. And they've actually got cash to invest to make sure it's profitable work for both you and them. And then once you've realized that industry, let's say maybe you provide CRM or similar software, perhaps a great niche is the agricultural industry How can you make sure you're fine-tuning your marketing to them? So maybe it's targeted LinkedIn ads. Maybe it's SEO that's relevant to the agricultural CRM keyword. Maybe it's the way you position yourself on different social media. Maybe it's how you do YouTube and your podcast, et cetera. So really drill down to who is this niche that's got cash to spend that can get great value from our product that we want to focus on and that's going to grow our business and grow revenue and gear your positioning, your branding, your marketing towards that So, you can start getting ideal clients profitably for your business for the longer term. So, point one was all about exactly who you market to and how you position your company to attract the right type of clients, to market to the right type of clients that are actually going to grow your business and grow your revenue. Point two, which we're jumping into now, is all about the engine in which you're going to attract and convert these prospects into potential customers. For many B2B businesses, this is their website or it could be something different if you're a more traditional industry it might be trade shows events or something else similar or some type of funnel email nurturing whatever but let me paint a picture for you so let's say for example you've been saving for a long time and you want to get yourself a nice luxury car So you walk into the dealership. As soon as you plant your foot on the floor, it starts sticking. You're thinking, what the heck's going on? They've got horrible sticky floors. Nonetheless, we'll carry on. We'll see what they've got to offer. You walk in a bit further. You start looking at some of the cars. You think they've got pretty dirty. They haven't been washed in ages. The windows are all unclean. They really do not look great. Then you try to attract the attention of a sales rep. They're all talking amongst each other, completely ignoring you, having a laugh, having a joke. And not doing anything to even try and have a consultation or discussion with you. It's going to be a terrible first impression. It's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth. And now, if we flip that to most B2B marketing, B2B business rather, engine, which is their website, if your website gives a terrible first impression, it's not going to be a useful tool to drive inbound opportunities to your business. It needs to be tailored to the right type of audience. So, for example, If you're dealing with a very corporate type of audience and you want them to invest a significant amount into a big ticket piece of software, let's say, to buy from your business, you need to make sure it's crafted to attract and build trust with them. So the imagery, the tone of voice, the text, the way it's designed, the way it's presented, all needs to appeal to that right audience. Or likewise, if you're on a complete different type of market and maybe it's more of a fun, more of a younger demographic, likewise, it needs to be crafted for them. So this is where things like bioresearch come in super handy. So as soon as someone lands on your site, you're using the right type of messaging. You're talking to the problems that they really care about fixing. You're talking about the value they bring to the table, how you're going to leverage your benefits, your features of your services, your products to fix these problems. You're backing up everything with relevant social proof case studies. You're actually designing it to this ideal client's taste that you want to attract. So again, going back, if we're looking at a corporate client, nice maybe financial imagery, luxury imagery, making sure the fonts are on point, the color schemes are on point. It's super easy to navigate. It looks slick. It runs fast. It's a well-oiled machine, and it's building trust with this prospect and making it nice and easy for them to convert, to book that consult, book that demo, whatever that next step is. So my main point here is whatever engine you're using to attract And convert to capture these prospects into leads opportunities for your sales team, whether it's your website, whether it's some kind of trade event, whether it's something else, it needs to be built with this audience in mind, rather than just putting out something generic, it needs to be tailored to them, especially if you're looking to sell these high ticket items, it needs to really attract them with relevant design that's well researched with copy that actually speaks to their problems their goals, their aspirations. needs to have relevant case studies, testimonials, reviews that back it up and be nice and slick and easy for them to get in touch with you and make that next step. And then the last point here is having a solid sales process that either your sales team follow or if you're running the sales for your company, that yourself, you follow. So as an example, when I first started selling websites and SEO, I let the customer do all the talking they'd basically tell me what was going to happen. They'd say, send me a proposal and I'd just listen to them blindly. But typically for big ticket items, whether that's websites or something else, you're normally going to need a couple phone conversations or video conversations or meetings before these deals close. It's rarely that when someone's investing thousands and thousands of dollars or pounds that things just close with a click of a fingers. So I recommend getting a sales process for yourself or team, whether that's gap selling, sandler selling, Medic, spin saying, or something else. Doesn't really matter which, as long as you've got a process you follow consistently that brings consistent, measurable results. So for example, in our case, what I learned about was setting first off a discovery call. So if a lead comes in through our website, I mean in our case, we set up qualification tools on our website. So things like we share a rough idea of pricing, a process to get tons of leads that can't afford what we do so we set up an initial discovery call which i'd recommend for kind of medium and big ticket b2b services anyway and that way we'll get a good idea of what the prospect came to us what the reason why they approached us how they found us the pain points the problems that they're facing right now what their current situation is where they want to get to in the next six months 12 months and the main outcomes that they want to get to why they've decided to do it now what was that tipping point why is it so important they want to do it now um things like their timelines any reference projects any other ideas so we can get a full idea of the spec from a to z we can also ask who else is involved in this decision process what other teammates are involved whether that's other c-suite members managers etc so we can get a full scope of the idea and also understand their budget just confirm they've got enough funding to work with us and once we've got a good idea and we've established if they're a good fit or we've, we've said, look, we part ways for now, but we'll keep in touch with future projects. If either of us thinks there's not a good fit. Well, after that discovery call, you typically set up a demo call or presentation call, depending on what type of business you are. And that's where you can invite all the key decision makers from the company to sit down with yourself and anyone else relevant from your team. And then recap things like these are the main pain points that you're facing right now. These are the key goals. And moving on to, this is how our solution is going to attack each one of those pain points and each one of those key goals. This is the pricing, the investment options that are relevant to what you need. This is the time frame of implementation. And then go through next steps. Based on everything we discussed, does it make sense to move forward, move ahead with the project so you can get either sign off or a no as to whether they're moving forward with you. So having a solid process that you can consistently put into play for initial discovery And presentations or demos is worth its weight in gold, especially when it comes to selling higher ticket items. So, to recap everything, at the start of your journey, there's nothing wrong with selling low value items, building up some cash flow, building up case studies, reviews, testimonials. I've been there, we did that exact same thing with Web Choice. Then, what you want to realize is who exactly do we want to be working with and what sectors they fall in what typical job titles industries are they in so then you can tailor your marketing towards them understand what the channels they hang out on are they on linkedin are they searching on google is seo google ads worth it are they listening to podcasts are they consuming youtube videos are they somewhere else understand where they're hanging out craft your messaging to resonate with them understand their key pain points their frustrations and their goals so you can make sure that messaging the ads content the copy the videos the production you put out the media you put out in front of them is going to resonate is actually going to hit home and is going to make them want to take some kind of next step with you whether that is checking out your website landing page whatever and then make sure your engine if that is your website or something else is geared towards them the design has them in mind bearing in mind what they care about in terms of the copy the content again leveraging problems frustrations social proof and making sure it's Design with them in mind, the look and feel is really going to engage and track them. And it's going to encourage them to take that next step, book that call, book that demo of your sales team. And then making sure you've got that solid sales process in place to, again, qualify the prospect. And then if it makes sense do the next step, that demo, that presentation call to then bring in that high ticket deal. And there you have it. I hope you found my learnings useful from where we started at low budget projects and why that's not necessarily a bad thing at all right up to selling SEO and website projects for several thousand dollars or pounds has been helpful and interesting to you today. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, a quick rating and review on your audio podcast channel goes a long way, or a quick subscribe on YouTube means the world. And with that, I shall catch you on the next one. Cheers. Nick Bennett, the director of sales at inbound marketing agency Impact had a booking problem. Before, on HubSpot meetings, their website visitors had to take a huge seven or eight clicks from form submission through to meeting booked. Plus, they couldn't see who was abandoning midway through. With the help of Chili Piper, they're down to around just three clicks to book meeting and have full visibility into any drop-offs. One main friction point before was lead routing. HubSpot meetings added a form field plus two extra clicks just to do this. Chili Piper allows them to distribute leads to the right sales rep super fast. As a result, impactful of increased book meetings and provide a web experience both web visitors and their revenue teams love. We're constantly trying to just make the web experience better. To us, the most valuable thing was providing a delightful experience for people on the website. Because that's often the first touchpoint people have with us as people. Get your free demo of Chili Piper today at chilipiper.com bgs. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R dot com slash bgs.